You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, are you ready to receive the word today? I want to welcome those from all over the country joining us on podcast. We continue to uh, get letters and calls and testimonies from people literally all over everywhere. It's just amazing. We want to welcome all of those on podcast today. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Imitate God in everything you do because you are His dear children. Wow, imitate God. We're supposed to imitate God. We read over and over and over again in the Bible where it says, Be holy as I am holy. Clearly, we are to talk like, think like, and act like God. Now, when I write everything down, I'm just a visual learner, so i got to write it down and look at it. So when I write down, talk like, think like, act like God, and I start staring at that, That sounded like a three-part series to me. Today, the title of this message is Talk Like God. I'll let you know what's coming later. Talk Like God. You know, when we read over and over again, the Bible tells us we're to be holy as God is holy. The Bible tells us to imitate God in everything we do. We got to see that we are to be like God. We're to... We're to be like God. We're to respond in life like God would respond in every area of our life. The fact is, we were created in God's image. The fall, sin, the introduction of sin, we lost that image. Now it's our job to turn that back around. Well, we didn't do very good at that. We tried for 4,000 years. We couldn't pull that off. God sent Jesus to pay the price that man owed, and he sent Jesus to strip Satan of the keys that he held us captive to sin with. So when Jesus took the keys away from Satan, now it's our job to accept that and begin to wash our minds with the Word, to begin to renew our minds, and to put back on the image that we were created in, and that is to be like God. We're no longer to act like, talk like, think like the devil. We're supposed to talk like, act like, and think like God. That's what we were created to do. Now, I get it. When we say, be like God, that's a bit overwhelming. I understand that. Whoa. Oh, All right, y'all know the deal. How do you eat an elephant? Well, just one bite at a time. We can't, oh, be like God. Oh, my goodness, that's, that's tough. Okay, well, what area of our life, just what one little area could we start working on and chipping away at and move that area to be more like God? James talks about the tongue. I want to talk about the mouth. Back of your Bible, the book of James, chapter 3. We're so flippant about the words and with the words that we say. It's just amazing how, how we just throw out words, how, how we just say words with not even any thought about what did that sound like, what did we mean, how is somebody going to interpret that. Words just spew out of our mouth, and, and we're very flippant about our words. James chapter 3, let's look at this. 
Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. If you just control your tongue, wow, look at the importance that James is giving to our mouth. Verse 3, we can make large horses go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are very strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish. Nobody's going to tame that tongue unless it's restless, evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. My goodness, there's a lot here. Verse 2, if we can, now get this, if we control this mouth right here, verse 2, you can control every other thing in your whole life. And then the example of a horse, the example of a large ship being controlled by something as little as a rudder, and he uses that to compare with a tongue. The tongue, James says, sets your course for your life. Blessings and cursings just, just can't continue to come out of the same mouth. This year we have seen in the Bible that we're to be like God. And that's not surprising because in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we are created in God's image. So clearly he wants us to be like him. Now, horses, cows, dogs, cats were not created in God's image. We are to be different. And regardless of what we are being inundated with in today's society, you and horses and dogs are not co-equal brothers and sisters. That's not the way this works. My horse gets mad and he just kicks the other horse. My cow gets mad and she just butts the other cow. My dog gets mad she just bites. I get mad. Hold on. When you get mad, you can't act like a dog or a cow, or a horse. See, you are created in a different image. And I, I get it, you were born this way. You were born with a natural instinct to bite, to kick, to butt. I get you have a born this way image, but we've gotta make a change. And today I wanna to focus on our mouth. I wanna focus on our mouth. Go to Genesis chapter one. Anytime you want to see how God planned on something to work, just go back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. When you want to see what was God's original idea before we started messing this thing up, 
Just go back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. I want you to look in Genesis chapter 1 with me, and I want you just to follow down with your eyes. 1 verse 3, then God said. Everybody see that? Verse 6, then God said. Verse 9, then God said. Verse 11, then God said. Kind of picking up on this. Verse 14, then God said. Verse 20, then God said. Verse 24, then God said. Verse 26, then God said. Verse 29, then God said. Verse 31, God looked over all he made. Verse 31, and he saw. Okay, what did God saw? God saw what he had said. That's what he saw. Then God saw. God saw what he had been saying. And you and I are created in that image. You and I are created in that image. Our lives are created by our words because we were created in God's image. And there's no other part of creation like that. Not the trees, not the flowers, not any animal. Animals don't create because they don't have words. Nothing but mankind in all of creation has creative power with his words. I want to talk today about the power of your words. And I want you to become very, very aware of the power of your words that you are created with. Your life is like nothing else on this earth. Your life is created by your words. I want you to think with me. This building right here. This building is not built by wood, steel, and concrete. Now think this through. This building is built by words. Your house, your car. See, animals can be trained to do a lot of things. But they can't create things because things are created by words. Oh, Tim, clearly this building is built by steel and by wood and by concrete. I got some news for you. I grew up here. I was born on this dirt road out here when nobody else lived out here. I grew up rabbit hunting in this swamp. This was a swamp right here. And there was steel, there was wood, and there was concrete. And no rabbit put this building up here. No dog put this building up here. The deer that used to run across here didn't put this, although they had wood, steel, and concrete available to them, it wasn't until words began to be spoken. Words with the highway department. When they got ready to widen that highway out there and they were looking somewhere close to dump hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of loads of filled dirt, it was words that got all that filled dirt in this swamp right here. It was words with engineers and draftsmen. It was words with sound people, light people. It was words that created this building. It's not just a bunch of concrete here. It was words that created what we're sitting in here. Words create. For all those who are skeptic here today. Husbands, I want you to put this sermon to the test for me this week. I'm going to ask you to come in after work, 5, 6 o'clock. Your wife comes in 5 or 6 o'clock after she's been working all day. Y'all both walk in. Husbands, you go straight to your chair. Sit down, and I want you to say with your words, 
Hurry up and get me some supper in here. I'm hungry. And watch what you create with those words. You don't think words have creative power? I'm not buying into this sermon. You just do what I'm telling you and you watch what is created. Watch the environment that is created in that scenario, in that situation, in that home. Over the next pretty good while. Husbands, I want to encourage you. If you live through that test, some of you could go either way. I know your wives. If you happen to live through that test, then I want to encourage you. Come in after work and say, how was your day? I love you. I missed you. I hope you had a good day. And then sit back and watch what those words create in the next hours in your house. The atmosphere, the condition in your home is created by words. It's created by words. Teenagers, I want you to test this sermon. I want you to test this. You teenagers, I want you to come into the house. And I want you to say, Mom, how was your day today? What can I do to help you? Mom, I appreciate all you do for me. If she doesn't pass out, continue on with the, sur- with the survey here. Teenagers, just say, Mom, what can I do to help you? And watch what you create in the home. Watch what happens in the home. Teenagers, you're good at this. Try this. When you come in, just grunt. When your mom says, how was your day? Sigh and roll your eyes. When she asks you to take out the trash, snap some remark to her and watch what you create. Then I want you to take notice of what happens in the next hours in that home. Teenagers, my word to you is today, you are creating the life that you live with your mouth. You are creating the atmosphere. You are creating the marital relationship. You are creating the worker-co-worker relationship. You are creating the boss-employee relationship. You are creating your life with your mouth. All of us. The unhappy home is created. The happy home is not lucky. It's created. You don't marry into a happy home. You create it with your mouth. You don't find a happy job, you create it with your mouth. Parents, teenagers, you are creating what you are seeing. What I want to tell you today, it's not the clothes on the floor. It's not the school grades. It's not the trash in the car. It's our words about all of those things and how we communicate about all those things. You're creating your life by your words because words create God created you and I with power in our words. Proverbs 18, 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. Listen to me. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. You will stay out of trouble. Matthew 12, 36. And I tell you this. You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Clearly, this is why Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 says, Get rid of dirty language. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of harsh words. 
Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. A very familiar story, but I want to look at it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking in the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. The word rebuke says Jesus rebuked the storm. The word rebuke comes from two words, E-T-I, which means superimpose. T-I-M-A-O means to fix an evaluation to. That word rebuke there says that Jesus superimposed or he fixed another evaluation too. See, there was a storm there. It was raging in their life, but Jesus fixed another evaluation. The disciples' evaluation, we're going to drown, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. Oh my gosh, don't you care, we're going to drown. See, Jesus rebuked. He superimposed another evaluation on it. Mark chapter 11, go over just a few more pages. Verse 12. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there are only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Verse 20. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it withered from the roots. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Now, Jesus is not telling us how to clear brush out of our yard without a chainsaw or how to move dirt without a backhoe and, and dump trucks. That's not what he's teaching here. He's talking about the power and giving illustrations about the power of our words. See, you, you create happiness. You create joy. You, bring, you got unrest. You got misery. You got suffering in your life. Well, you say, get this suffering, get this misery, get this hate out, and you get in the sea. I am going to walk in happiness, and I'm going to walk in joy today. See, all of this bitterness is in my life. You get in the sea right now. You get, in, get out of my life and get in the sea. Today, I'm going to have a great day. Today, I'm going to have a fun day. Today, I'm going to have a blessed day. See, you're, you're casting out, and you're calling in, and you're creating your life with your words. This is simple to see. When I go out to catch my horse, often I don't see him. I don't see him anywhere. He's not what you would say manifest in my life. I don't see my horse. He's not there. Now, I know he's out there. I know he's there, but I do not see him. Same with your life. I know I have joy. 
because God's given me joy. I know I have peace because he says he's given me the peace that passes all understanding. I know I have health because it says by his stripes I'm healed. See, I know I have blessings because his word says whatever I put my hand to prospers. Now, I know I have that, but I'm looking at my checkbook right now and I'm not seeing it. I'm looking at the thermometer that I just pulled out from under my tongue and I'm not seeing health right now. So I'm not seeing what I know I have. Now, when I'm standing there with my halter in my hand, what do I do? Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to say I'm healthy when I'm not. I'm sick. I feel sick. I'm miserable. I'm not going to say I'm blessed when I'm not blessed. I'm broke. I'm just not. So do I go out there with my halter and go, well, I guess I don't have a horse. I don't have a horse. I don't see a horse. I don't have a horse. I'm not going to say I have a horse when I don't see a horse. So I'm just standing here without. What do I do? I call him. I call him. And how long do I call him? I call him till he comes. Because I know he's out there. And I'm going to call that horse to me. Because I know he's out there. And he belongs to me. That's how God created this world to work. It's how our life works. I'm calling peace into my day. I'm calling joy into my day. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to have a fun day. I'm going to have a great day. Why? Because I'm calling that to me. I don't wait and get up and see if I have a horse out there. I call him to me because I know he's there. I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to call it to me. I'm going to have a blessed day. I'm going to call that. Something good's going to happen for me. I'm calling that to me. I heard a friend years ago saying, I've been saying it for 20 years, I'm a magnet for money. That's what I am. I'm just a magnet. It's the dangest thing I've ever seen. Money just comes to me. I just suck it to me. Beats all I ever saw. I just, I put up something for sale and here comes a buyer. I'm just a magnet for money. See, well, I don't ever have no money. I'm broke. I tell you, I'm broke. I don't got no money. Just keep on talking that. See, you just keep on talking that, and you are creating the life that you are living by the words that you're saying. My point is today, you're calling success or you're calling failure to your life by your words. You do know it's flu season out there. Oh, and every time, every year this time, you get sick. Yeah, and you're probably going to get sick. I get sick. I tell you, I get so sick, I probably die this year from it. I thought I was going to die last year, but I lucked out and lived. But I'll probably die this year from it. I tell you, I get sick. My, oh, this pollen, it just kills me. Just kills me. I tell you, it gets in my nose. Can't breathe. Sick. I'm sick. Well, really, right now? Well, I will be next week. You just watch. When this pollen comes out, I, can't, I won't be able to breathe for a month. Probably be two months this year. Come on. Proverbs says life and death are in the power of your tongue. I want to encourage you. Maybe the next day or two, you might need to just carry around a pad and pencil with you and just make some notes of some things that you have just, that you habitually say. You're not even aware that you say it. Oh, that just kills me. Oh, that just tickled me to death. Oh, I'm worn out. Do you tell everybody in the family how worn out you are every day? I mean, every day. I'm just worn out. You've been worn out for 30 years. You ever going to get rest? I mean, dear Lord. You, but that's what you say every time you come in the house about how worn out you are. Well, I can't wait to come home tomorrow because I'll be worn out then too. 
I hate school. I'm not good at math. I'm terrible at math. Always been terrible. I've been terrible at math my whole life. I'm terrible at math. You ain't got a chance of passing math next year. Come on, you, you're going to have to understand that you are creating your life by your... Are you a negative talker? Oh, no, none of you are, but you probably need to ask your spouse. Because I know you're not, but your mate will tell you whether you are or not. But for some of you, the, half, the glass is just half empty all the time. For some of you, you will half... It, you, you, just, you just have to say something negative. That's got to come out of your mouth first, something negative about the day, about the weather, about how you feel, about the food, about the restaurant, about the menu, about the service, about life. You just, you're just bent on saying something negative. And we're sick of it. That's why we don't ever go out with you. Go with your friends. We don't want to hear all that. Because, see, you bring us down with negative talk. Or you bring us up with positive talk. Why? Because we're created in God's image and words have creative power. The message today is you are creating the life that you're living by the words that you're saying. Talk bad about somebody and you're not ever going to have a good relationship with them. Talk bad about the weather and you'll never have a fun day. Talk bad about your situation and you'll never have peace and joy. Talk bad about your coworkers and you'll never enjoy your day at work. Now here's the good news. What kind of life do you want? In your family? In your work? With your friends? You have to build it. You have to build that. You're going to have to keep saying, I'm getting better. I'm going to feel better tomorrow. I'm getting well. I'm getting healthy. I'm going to turn this thing around. You're going to have to say what God says about you. Oh, boy, sounds like pastors gotten a hold of some positive thinking books. Somebody has slipped him a positive talking book. You know, y'all have heard those books. They're out there. Pastors got a hold of one of those. Let me tell you something. Those authors have got a hold of my book. I hadn't gotten a hold of their book. They've gotten a hold of my book. There are people out there that take principles of Scripture out and try to get them out from under the lordship of Jesus in their life and teach that principle, and it works because that's the way God created it to work. So the power of positive thinking, people simply have taken out a principle that God created this world to operate with. I'm not reading their books. They've been reading mine. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 in the King James, it says, God calls those things that are not as though they were. Today, what area of your life is not? What area of your life is not? Your words have creative power. And you can begin to call those areas that are not in your life as though they were. Call to you what you don't see right now in your life. Genesis chapter 1, God did not step out and say, Boy, it's dark out here. Dear Jesus, it's dark out here. God didn't say, Holy Spirit, can you believe how dark it is out here? My God, it's dark out here. That's not what God said. In the midst of total darkness, God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Because your words have creative power. God saw darkness, but he wanted light. 
And he called what was not into existence by the spoken word. Your words have creative power. And you're creating the life that you're living. That's why I want to encourage you. You've got to talk like God. You've got to talk like God. Well, what does God say? Well, I didn't talk like God. What does God say? It's written down right here. Here's what God says, and you talk like God. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm above and I'm not beneath. See, that's the words God says. I'm healed by His stripes. I'm blessed. God says I'm more than a conqueror. God says I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. God says everything I put my hand to prospers. Your words have creative power. You're creating the life you're living. I want to encourage you. Talk like God. I'll stand. Lord, today, thank you for words of direction for us as we wash our mind with your word, as we renew our minds with your thoughts. God, we ask you to direct and guide us as we roll up our sleeves and we take control of talk that is not after you. Lord, we stop this negative. We stop this poor mouthing. We stop these words out of our mouth. Lord, we begin to speak life and health and peace and joy. Lord, we wash our mind with your word, and we renew our thoughts after your thinking. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.